Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk about two pay-per-views from Sunday. First of all, NWA back for the attack. We just spoke to Billy Corgan on our Friday show, and we review what we saw on Sunday afternoon. Plus, of course, we get into the final WWE pay-per-view on the road to WrestleMania with Fastlane. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. There's a lot of shit going on, Dave. There is. Two pay-per-views last night, but in case you missed it, because uh, word came out a little after 11 p.m. Eastern time last night, uh, breaking news from the world of the WWE, and that is that the WWE has come to terms on the release of Andrade. Uh, they wish him, as always, his best in his future endeavors. As you know, Bully, we've talked about this on the show. Andrade, for the last few weeks, has asked for his release. It was denied, but finally came to terms late last night. Uh, hasta la vista, Andrade, and and good luck to him. I'm glad he got his release. Um, I've talked about it on the show many a times. If a wrestler, if a talent, if a performer is unhappy in a certain company, especially the WWE, if you're not utilizing them, if they're basically just wasting away, it's best to part ways. Part ways the right way. Maybe one day down the road, you come back and do business together. But to see people sit around and doing nothing when they are in the beginning of their career or they have age on their side, um, you don't want to see them just sitting around and doing nothing. And Lord knows they haven't done anything with Andrade, I believe, since Heyman um, was removed from the head of creative from Raw. So good luck to Andrade. Hope everything works out for him. I have a feeling this is going to be a lot more deep-rooted than just Andrade. I think this is going to go beyond professional and might touch into the personal life because personally, no, we know that Andrade and Charlotte Flair are an item and a couple. So what do you think of the situation? Well, I mean, you just mentioned Charlotte. And, and listen, this is all surface stuff, Bully. We don't know how deep this goes. But a lot of people made the remark late last night after the news that Andrade was released was that Charlotte now all of a sudden with the new campaign for WrestleMania 37, uh, the poster has been changed and Charlotte is no longer on the graphic for WrestleMania 37. If you look at if you look at that graphic, you see Bianca Belair, Edge, Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre, Sasha Banks, Bobby Lashley, and Bad Bunny. If you looked at that graphic just a couple of days ago, Charlotte was in between Edge and Roman Reigns. And yesterday, that graphic was changed. So, again, that could be the direction of what matches were going to take place at WrestleMania 37 changed. But who knows? Now, Charlotte is filming a movie for NBC Universal USA, walking a remake of Walking Tall. So maybe that has something to do with it. But the timing of this change of graphic is odd, to say the least. Um, filming a movie is definitely important. And will take, um, what's the word, precedent yep. over everything else. I'm not sure that anything takes precedent over WrestleMania in the eyes of the WWE. I'm really not sure or positive that Vince would say, sure, go film your movie during WrestleMania. I, I just can't see that happen. And here's some interesting fuel to the, fi to the speculative fire. So Andrade and the WWE... Um, come to terms on his release. Charlotte, all of a sudden, is off the poster for WrestleMania. 
And who is debuting tonight on Monday Night Raw? Ah, Rhea Ripley, who Charlotte faced last year at WrestleMania. Interesting. So uh, we were hoping, or at least I was, were, was hoping that they would hold off on Rhea Ripley uh, until the night after WrestleMania. But this might be the in case of emergency break glass situation where we need somebody for Asuka. We need somebody quick. Nobody else on that women's roster really makes sense right now. Who? Uh, so it might be Rhea Ripley. And uh, Charlotte coming off of the poster is a big deal. Because that artwork um, goes in months and months beforehand. They know what they're trying to portray. They know the picture they're trying to paint moving into WrestleMania. All of a sudden, she's off that poster. It's very, very curious going to be interesting to see what happens tonight if there is any interaction with Rhea Ripley and Asuka. And you know, and and there's a lot of layers to Andre now being uh, Andrade now being gone from the WWE bully because I went and I looked at last year's WrestleMania. And of course about about a year ago, if you remember, Angel Garza and Andrade with Zelina Vega, that was a hot, you know, faction those three. Zelina Vega gone. Uh, Angel Garza is still with the WWE, but not nearly as impactful as he was a year ago. And now Andrade is gone. But if you go back and look at that WrestleMania card from last year, Bully, Nikki Cross won the tag team championships with Alexa Bliss. You know, Nikki Cross has not been anywhere near the middle of the card, much less winning a match at a WrestleMania. Liv Morgan beat Natalia at last year's WrestleMania. Liv Morgan is not nearly near where she was a year ago. Aleister Black, bully, believe it or not, beat Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania last year. We haven't seen Aleister Black in months in the WWE. And Otis beat Dolph Ziggler. Now Otis is now a heel you know, losing matches on SmackDown. It's crazy how much the WWE has changed in just one year's time. The Aleister Black, Bobby Lashley um, example is mind-boggling. Crazy. Aleister Black basically, I mean, he's not gone, but we have no idea where he is. Hopefully that eye is healing up well. Thoughts and prayers out to Aleister Black and his wonky eye yeah i mean Um, listen ray mysterio grew his eye back so miracles do happen in the world of the wwa absolutely (laughs) absolutely and yeah bobby lashley losing to alistair black last year at wrestlemania and now bobby lashley going into wrestlemania as the wwe heavyweight champion and uh uh, on more of a role than just anybody else in the company right now so you're right dave what a difference a year makes this whole situation with charlotte will be interesting to see how they play out. I'm sure that there will be a lot of fans out there, the, you know, the Charlotte haters, who would love nothing more to see than to her not be on WrestleMania just so that they can take the social media and speculate as to why and jump on uh, the bandwagon. Here's what I do know. Whatever the case is professionally with Andrade, whatever the case is professionally with Charlotte, that's... It, that is what it is on a personal yeah. level. I hope they're both doing great. And I just bring up, you know, those changes because d- changes do happen in the world of wrestling. But within a year, especially a card like WrestleMania for the talent to to shift that much is pretty crazy. But I bring up Aleister Black for another reason, because his wife, as we know, uh, Thea Trinidad, Zelina Vega, Selena Vega, gone from the WWE. Aleister Black has not been on television since the day Selena Vega was released by the WWE. That's over three months now that we have not seen Aleister Black on TV. Then we find out Andrade has now been released from the WWE. And now you and I are actually having a conversation of the possibility of Charlotte who we say is the best women's wrestler in the WWE, now not even being a part of WrestleMania 37. We don't know that, but when you take the graphic and you change it and she is no longer on that poster, and now Rhea Ripley is making her debut tonight 
on Monday Night Raw, and they made that abundantly clear last night during Fastlane, it makes you think, it makes you wonder. Now, I'm not comparing Charlotte Flair to Zelina Vega. Obviously, Zelina Vega was great, but Charlotte Flair is on another stratosphere. But it is interesting to see these changes just within the last eight to nine hours when it comes to Charlotte Flair, Bully. I mean, even if this just happened to be uh, a weird occurrence, a freak occurrence, even if there was a 50% chance that Charlotte would still be on WrestleMania, I think they would have left her on the poster until they had uh, something a lot more concrete and definitive. I think this is pretty concrete and definitive. Uh, um, unless they are trying to troll, um, <clears throat> you know, the wrestling websites and Twitter and all that, which I do not believe they're going out of the way to do by taking her off the poster. I don't think we will be seeing her this year. That poster removal is very, very indicative of where they're going. And if Rhea Ripley pops up tonight and if she's in a segment with Asuka, boom, done. See you. Bye. And, and Bad Bunny and Charlotte Flair are the only two people that were on that graphic that didn't have as of the, as of now an official match it looked like the way things were going it was going to be charlotte and oscar but you're right i think we're going to know definitively what direction we're less than three weeks away from wrestlemania but as crazy i mean we're going to be talking about a pay-per-view from last night but we're three weeks away from wrestlemania so we're going to know what their intentions are with Rhea Ripley. And if it's Rhea Ripley and Asuka, I don't think there's any room for Charlotte at WrestleMania 37. Not at all. Not at all. And if she <clears throat> if she's not going to be around, stay on the sidelines until it really is time to come back. And I got I will say this, a little time away from her based on the current um environment in the WWE and how the WWE universe perceives her and the st potential storyline that she was going to get lumped into with Lacey, probably not a horrible idea to just split for a little while. Hey everyone, this is former NFL linebacker and current SiriusXM NFL radio host, Kirk Morrison. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Total Coverage. Each week, I'll be joined by some of the greatest minds in the game as we explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. Whether we're breaking down player techniques, game plans, or coaching philosophies, we'll explain the details that define our favorite performances. New episodes will be available every Tuesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. In that match last night, other than when Roman subtly tapped out, was there any other part of the match where you thought that this is it, Daniel Bryan is going to win? Just, just at that time, at that moment, like really, you know, you know, every I was like, it, this isn't going to happen. This is just, you know, a way to, you know, kind of like what we've seen the rest of Fastlane. This is just a way to get us to WrestleMania. But, man, at that moment, at that time, I'm like, holy shit, Daniel Bryan's going to win this title from Roman Reigns. And I did like the subtle tap. I think it added to the situation that much more. Uh, I, I think I would have liked to have seen a shot with Heyman's face because I know at that moment Heyman would have been selling the potential mm -hmm. horror of Roman Reigns losing that championship. I would have loved to have seen a shot that had the uh, the hold applied and then over the shoulder of Roman Reigns, we could have seen the, the, the terror in Paul Heyman's eyes because we definitely heard the terror in his voice. Think of your family. Don't tap. Don't do it. Um, I like that the story that the, they were telling. I just wish I could have seen a little bit more of it. And I, I got to be honest, I loved Edge at the end of that match as well. And I'm wondering, and Bully, we kind of talked a little bit about this. You know, there's going to be 25,000 fans for this matchup at WrestleMania. I mean, it, I, I, I would nothing official has come out yet unless Ed has seen something that I haven't seen. But I would have to think that this is going to be a triple threat at WrestleMania 37. And after what we saw from Edge... I would think that those 25,000 fans are going to be behind Daniel Bryan if this is what we're going to see in Tampa. Uh, I don't know if you remember about two weeks ago, I was starting to get the triple threat vibes yep. from these three guys, and I talked about it. Um, after last night, um, I would say there's even more of a chance of where that's, that's what we're going to get. It's weird because Edge wins the Rumble, goes from first to last and wins it 
it's almost, <clears throat> you would think Edge, who's returning from the injury and everything that he had to overcome versus Roman Reigns, would be a sufficient main event for you for WrestleMania. You, I, you wouldn't be thinking, oh, well, we're going to put a third guy in there. But that third guy is one of the most over baby faces in the company who basically speared headed a movement going into WrestleMania 30. I'm not shocked that Daniel Bryan is commanding all of the love from the WWE universe right now. Yeah, it's it's a great story. And he's been public to say that his career is going to change once we get past WrestleMania 37. He's not retiring. But he said, hey, this could be my last WrestleMania because he's going to probably go more to a part-time schedule once we get past WrestleMania 37. Listen, we've been blessed having Daniel Bryan back, Bully. We, you, know, you and I did shows where you know we were talking about Daniel Bryan in some ways like we talk about CM Punk. Wishful thinking, but I just don't think you're ever going to see him back in the WWE ring. And now we do. And I love that they're going back to this story. Even though Daniel Prime played the heel role perfectly because he was so earthy, it annoyed the shit out of you. But now he's in his rightful place. We're going into WrestleMania 37. One of the greatest WrestleMania moments of all time was WrestleMania 30. Um, this is the way that a future Hall of Famer should go out at WrestleMania. And again, Edge goes from the guy that everybody was screaming about last year at this time to now you're screaming at Edge the other way, which is, again, tells you what a great talent Edge is, that he could pick up that chair, hit Daniel Bryan, say, this is mine. And he's right. This is his moment. This is his opportunity. He's the one that won the Rumble. He's the one that be earned his shot at WrestleMania 37, and now all of a sudden, Daniel Bryan was able to squeeze his way in. It's, it's a great story. You talk about great storytelling, this is a great story. And again, it involves Roman Reigns, who's been the best storyteller for the WWE this past year. The vibe that I got after Edge took the chair to those guys was frustration. I think, I think Edge was very angry with himself, frustrated with himself. He was obviously mad at what is going on saying this was supposed this is my match this is mine 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 all mine <laughs> um i don't think edge was very happy with himself after he did what he did he sold that frustration uh and that disappointment within himself pretty well i don't know if that's the story that you got or if others who were watching got but that's what i got and i enjoyed that yeah, and you know, that match, Bully, and of course, as you've been preaching for months now, your your MVP of the WWE, Sheamus and Drew McIntyre, those two matches, that's all you needed from last night. Believe me, we'll get into some of the frustrating moments from Fastlane, and there are some, and a lot of people are frustrated on how you watched Fastlane last night. We'll get into that as well. But, man, those two matches, I mean, between Drew McIntyre and Sheamus and that Roman Reigns-Daniel Bryan, that was enough to carry that pay-per-view last night. Uh, both of those matches were excellent. I actually really liked Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura also. It was good. It was good. But yeah. I, I felt like that match was, you know, they've done so much damage to Nakamura Though so it was a, a well wrestled match, I you know the 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 uh, the ending was never in doubt. You know, you just said they've done so much damage to Nakamura, and I agree with you without a doubt. And I don't want to use the word damage with Seth Rollins, but I'll be damned if I don't really give a damn about Seth Rollins much anymore. Do you? Now, um, I thought when he returned. Listen, I don't think anybody th – there were some high moments with the, the you know, with Seth Rollins as a heel before before he left with Becky Lynch and the pregnancy and being there for, for her. But I everybody knows – everybody in the WWE knows that he's with Becky Lynch. They just had a baby. They love Becky. Why not bring Seth Rollins back as a baby face? The, the fans – the fans know the real-life situation of Seth Rollins. You can't just turn it off. 
And it's very, very difficult. As much as Becky Lynch is loved, I'm sorry. I don't think anybody's buying into Seth Rollins being a heel right now. I don't know why I like him or hate him. And this has nothing to do with Seth as a performer, because as a wrestler, he's top tier. But personality-wise, I mean, yeah, I know all that stuff he did with the Mysterios, but uh, okay, I think I hated Seth just because it was the Mysterios. And that's one of the things that I try to teach young wrestlers. Don't be hated just because the other guy is loved. Because then you're a byproduct of somebody yes. else. You understand that, Dave? I do. It's actually, it's it's pretty, it goes a lot deeper than most babyface and heels think of and with love and hate. So if you have the entire Mysterio family there, we know how much Rey Mysterio is loved. We know how much, you know, how they feel about his son Dominic training. Now you have the wife and the daughter. Uh, when you when you put those people in that position, you can almost plug wrestler X into the Seth Rollins role, and they're going to hate them as much as they did Seth Rollins. Yes, I know Seth did some great promos and um, the 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 work that he was doing with a uh, uh, buddy at the time, but I think Seth Rollins was hated in that situation because fans loved Ray so much. Yeah. And that's a rough situation to be in because when I watch Seth, I like what he does in the ring. He's extremely talented in the ring. He's great at all the things that he does in the ring, but I don't know why I like him and I don't know why I should hate him. Yeah, and there's no reason to hate him. And and I get, and listen, Bully, I know this is a different world in 2021 when it comes to pro wrestling. But after the after Fastlane was done, Seth Rollins went to social media. And he said, "What a pay-per-view. WWE is the best wrestling in the world. Everyone busted their humps tonight." Hashtag #proud. And listen, there's truth to what Seth Rollins said, but if you're trying to get me to hate you, and I see that tweet and I know that you're with Becky Lynch and you just had to be, and I know that whole real life situation. I'm sorry. There's just a disconnect there. And it's going to be extreme, extremely difficult for me to ever buy into you being a heel. And if you want people to hate you, probably don't want to send that tweet out right after the pay-per-view, though his words are true. Especially what we've learned on Twitter over the past couple of years about people's persona being bought into more on social media than yes. on television at times. Um, you're, you're correct with that tweet. After you read that tweet and Seth being uh, tweeting basically as a locker room leader saying, hey, I thought the locker room did a great job. Everybody worked hard. Hope you all liked it. Why do you hate him after that tweet? You don't. <laughs> you don't. You don't. You don't. You, you know, don't. it's like, why did I? Why do I hate him in the match? I don't. Why do I hate him in the tweet? I don't. Uh, just to break down that match real quick, Dave, I just want to give you a little something, something that I really loved at the end of the match. And I always talk about psychology and things making sense, and you want to do things for the right reasons. Um, do you remember what the last three moves were? In that match, by any chance. I mean, I don't expect you to have this committed to memory. But maybe you did. I don't. What? Okay. So, what was the finish finish? Uh, and, 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 and Seth and Nakamura or? Correct. Seth and Nakamura. Jeez, curb stomp. I, I, curb stomp. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, no big deal. I, get, I got it. Curb stomp. Right before the curb stomp was that kind of shining wizard thing that Seth went for where he stepped up on Nakamura's knee, went for a kick to the head, but missed the kick to the head, but he was able to hook Nakamura's leg with his shin and then give a spinning back kick to the back of the head. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right to the back of the neck. Yep. That was the second to last move. What was the third to last move (laughs) was just a forearm straight into the back of Nakamura's head. So now when we look at them moving forward, the last three moves of the match all hit the same area 
of Smart. Nakamura's head. That is great psychology. Forearm to the back of the head, back kick to the back of the head, curb stomp, back of the head. Another example of you can do whatever you want, whenever you want, just as long as it makes sense. And that made sense. And you know what? Uh, you know, psychology-wise, you know, athleticism. Nakamura and Seth Rollins are two of the best in the WWE. But you're right. When it comes to that emotional connection, I'm just not having it right now. Not with Nakamura, the way he's been booked now for, I guess, years with the WWE. It's been how long since he's had a significant match in the WWE? Three years? Probably since the mat the series of matches he had with AJ. We're probably the last time you could say that Nakamura had a series of sig significant matches. So you're going three years now. And Seth Rollins, I'm sorry. As good as he is in the ring, character-wise, it's just not connecting with me. Hey, everybody. This is Fran Frischella, host of the podcast World of Basketball. The game of basketball has truly become a global game. Markovic fires it into Mickey. It somehow it goes in. Each week, I talk with the players, coaches, and executives who have led the way in growing the game of basketball around the world. Real Madrid have stolen victory from the jaws of defeat. Episodes are available every Thursday on the SiriusXM app. Pandora and Apple Podcasts. Good job by the NWA because they got everybody talking because they were completely blindsided by Camille winning that match. Oh, by the way, Camille, phenomenal job in that match because it's been a while since we saw Camille. And Bully, when we saw Camille, she was just starting to participate in the ring. She was always on the side of Nick Aldis and then started getting her matches. We talked to her after one of her very few matches she had before the pandemic. You wouldn't have known it by what she was able to do in the ring yesterday afternoon against Thunder Rosa. Um, hearing you speak highly of her in that moment um, makes me very happy for her. Um I trained Camille, and I know what she had been through throughout her training and then trying to break into the business, dated somebody within the WWE, had a little bit of a bad taste left in her mouth. Um, unfortunately, it was down on wrestling, didn't know if this is what she wanted to do, wanted to walk away from it. But then the NWA had reached out to her, got her back involved. I remember having a conversation with her at the Hammerstein Ballroom in like 2000, I don't know, 2016 or 17, whatever the hell it was uh, when I was in Ring of Honor. And her saying, I don't know, maybe I want to come back and try it. Like she was a bit wishy-washy about it. And I just reminded her, I said, you work too damn hard not to have this pan out for you. Now, having her back... Um, listening to you review the the match and saying how great of a job she did happy for her and listen the girl looks phenomenal she's yes. a great athlete she's another one of those talents where if in the ring with the right people and thunder rosa is definitely one of those right people and if surrounded by the right wrestling minds could really help her develop into something. So looking forward to seeing her do more. It's all about reps, Dave. You got to get those reps in in the ring. Uh, and hopefully there's so, some more matches in her future. And having her defeat Thunder Rosa goes back to one of the things that Billy Corgan said right here on this show. He always talks about winning the day from a social media point of view, winning the night, winning the day, whatever it is, whenever your show is. Thunder Rosa is just coming off uh, an amazing match with Britt Baker um, on Dynamite last week, the match that had everybody talking in the wrestling world. And Thunder Rosa is riding that wave, riding that high, and wham, right after two spears, that high is done. And now it's Camille who has took the spot in the, in the narrative, um, not Thunder Rosa. Smart move by having Camille defeat Thunder Rosa because she was one of the girls being talked about. Now we're being forced to talk about Camille. And I think the business that they did was good. So good job all the way around. 
and it got people talking too. Like, is Thunder Rosa done with the NWA? Is she going to AEW? Which is now getting people talking about AEW. Is Thunder Rosa now going to be a part of that roster? But more importantly, it's got everybody talking about Camille. And I want to say it again because, again, not having a lot of matches under her belt, I probably would have thought Thunder Rosa is not only going to win that match, but it would probably be like a, you know, six, seven minute match between Camille and Thunder Rosa. Not the case either. That match was around 15 minutes, maybe even more, uh, yesterday afternoon. And Thunder Rosa's no joke. You know, know, Thunder Rosa could be physical, but so could Camille. And another kudos too, and he did a phenomenal job in that matchup with Camille and Thunder Rosa, is Tim Storm. Like, he he did a wonderful job on commentary because you talked about the spear. Camille hits the spear on Thunder Rosa, and not covering her for the pin. And Joe Galley's like, why is she not covering her? And Tim Storm's like, it's going to take more than that to take out Thunder Rosa. Camille hits her with the second one, one, two, three. So I thought a phenomenal job by everybody involved. In, the, in that moment, I felt like Tim Storm was very Tony Romo-esque in a, yes. being, a, being able to bring us into the mind of the wrestler. You know, jo, the Joe questions, why isn't she pinning her? And now Tim Storm tells you the exact pro, uh, thought process in Camille's head. He's basically telling you Camille knows how tough Thunder Rosa is, thus not going to waste energy on a pin when she can go for a second spear and get her. I really like that moment in time from Tim Storm on commentary. And Bully, and you mentioned Tony Romo, that's what a color analyst is supposed to do. Like an analyst is supposed to add that color that you're, you know, add that experience, add those views that as a fan or even a play by play announcer is not going to be able to do. That's some things that have gotten lost in the world of pro wrestling. We, we now look at, at that analyst as like, you know, a heel analyst or, you know, adding a sense of humor or, or, or telling jokes. No, the analyst's job is to give you that perspective that only a wrestler, kind of like what we do here on Buffs It Open, the perspectives you give bully i can't give because i've never stepped in into a square circle and competed tim storm has done that i really thought he gave that perspective also during that match taryn terrell was on commentary not a great job by taryn terrell on commentary i I gotta be quite honest with you she stepped on tim storm to the point where it got a little frustrating but significant in that taryn terrell who i think was completely overlooked as a wrestler I mean, in in the WWE, she was like a general manager, Tiffany, you know, but she really showed what she could do in the ring with TNA. As I said on this show many times, the match she had at Slammiversary against Gail Kim is one of my favorite women matches of all time. Glad to see that she's now going to be a part of the NWA. Uh, Yes, definitely wishing her the best of luck over there. When you were just talking about what a good analyst is supposed to do, the first person that came to mind who I think probably does the best job of it in wrestling right now is Beth Phoenix. Yes. Beth does a phenomenal job of bringing you into the mind of the wrestler. Taz does a good job when he's on commentary explaining things like, you know, moves. I think Samoa Joe could do an even better job of it if they would let him. Yes, it's he's the, the three-man booth. And again, if you let him, there's certain things he has to do on commentary that takes him away from that position. Yeah, Beth in that analyst position really helps uh, bring credibility to the match and takes you into the mind. So I think that's some pretty good uh, pretty good comparisons there because we know how great Romo is as, at doing his job. And, and, and Tim Storm gave me a little bit of that last, last night and comparing it to Beth. I think she's, they're in good company. Yeah, and and then the main event, Nick Aldis and Aaron Stevens, really good matchup between those two. Um, nice tribute to question mark um, Joseph Hudson, who we lost a, a month ago, and I thought they did a phenomenal job. And you saw it in Aaron Stevens' eyes and his face when that match was over. He really wanted to win that for his former tag team partner. And again, I like the three-man booth that they had for that main event. You know, you had... Uh, Tim Storm, but you also brought in Austin Idol, who did, I, I think, a really good job as well, kind of adding a little spice to that matchup. All in all, 
a really good pay-per-view. 1999 on Fight TV gave you about two hours of action. Never got boring. Top to bottom, I thought a really good return for the NWA. You mentioned about stealing the night. Hard for NWA to steal the night. Again, on in the middle of the afternoon on a Sunday. Probably lost some viewers by doing that, but... You know, you want to be before Fastlane. Uh, it's hard to go up against, uh, you know, the the juggernaut that is the WWE. But I thought the NWA did a phenomenal job. And I'm really looking forward to NWA Power coming back on Fight TV. You're excited for the NWA period. It's your favorite wrestling company. It's my time. favorite show. It's my favorite. People call me a WWE mark from time to time. People call me an AEW mark more often than not. But my favorite show has always been NWA Power, and I'm glad to see them back. Anything else on the show that particularly stuck out to you? I mean, Nick with with Nick Aldis against Aaron Stevens, yes, it was a good match for uh, for that afternoon, yesterday afternoon show, and I get it, and I know why. But I think moving forward, Nick is going to really need somebody. Yes, he's going to really need somebody. Um, Nick, we've talked very highly of him looks the part works the part great represent representative of that championship great representation of that championship but now moving forward for the nwa they're gonna really need somebody to impose their will on that world champion because i don't look at nick as a world champion right now that are you tuning in at, at any given moment? And I know they just started back up, but just hear me out here. Are you going to be tuning in to watch Nick Aldis defend his NWA World Heavyweight Championship on a weekly basis if it's just generic match after generic match? No. I mean, they're going to have to go old school here where Nick Aldis talks on NWA Power, and then you're going to have to wait for a pay-per-view or a, or a big show for him to defend that title. I don't think their roster is nearly deep enough to be able to to supply those types of matches on a weekly basis. They are going to need one real credible threat to Nick, and they're going to have to build a good story. Or the story is going to have to be built in. But like you said, walk it and talk it and build up to a big match. Nick Aldis has done a great job on his own getting that championship where it is. But now it's time for somebody to come in and breathe down Nick's neck and become a serious threat. And I don't know if that person's on that roster right now, or at least knowingly on that roster. Because, listen, and no disrespect to the other talent that was on that show, Bully, but I'll just throw out the names and tell me if they do anything for you stepping in the ring with Nick Aldis. You know, Crimson. No. Uh, Tyrus. No. Uh, Tom Latimer. There's a story there, a personal story there that they would have to tell, possibly. Pope. No. Uh, Trevor Murdoch. Trevor Murdoch could be the heel that could breathe down Nick's neck. He's a rough, tough son of a bitch. Cosmetically looks opposite of what Nick looks like. The kind of guy that could rip off Nick's sh Nick's suit, tear it to shreds, leave him a bloody mess, and then spick a, spit a wad of tobacco right on the NWA championship. So, yeah, Trevor, I there can be some story written. You'd have there. to work on it. It's going to take a little time. but Yeah, but it's better than a definitive there. no. No, that's true. And then... You know, Aaron Stevens, they could go back. But though that moment from last night, I think that kind of was the cap, uh, you know, on that. Could you go down, get back to that? Yeah, but down the road. They are. They're going to have to build up this roster. They're in a tough spot because they're just coming back now from after the pandemic. They were on hiatus for a long time. But a lot of potential 
and I liked what I saw last night. Hello, everyone. This is Bruce Murray. You may know me as host of the Sirius XM Blitz on Sirius XM NFL Radio. Here now to introduce you to my new podcast, Going Long. Every week, I'll talk to big names both in and out of the world of sports, Hall of Famers, actors, actresses, comedians, broadcasters, maybe even some chefs. We'll discuss their lives, their successes, their failures, and, of course, the one thing that connects all of them, a passion for sports. So join me every Thursday on the Sirius XM app, Pandora, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts for going long. I even think Gabby's mom had something to say about uh, Sheamus and Drew McIntyre last night. Gabby, your mom and dad, or your mom was watching the match. I know you tweeted about it, but for those who did not see it, what'd your mom have to say about it? Well, my mom is very into Drew McIntyre, especially, but Drew McIntyre and Sheamus, she literally was like eyes glued to the match, got out of her seat, when drew won and she was like wow they do not make men like that anymore quote unquote and my poor father sitting there was like all right ruth relax take it down a notch you know like he was he was like let's calm down i won't say she has a type but she's also not wrong so did she watch the whole match yeah she did and like verbally reacting to it it was a lot of oohs and ahs a lot of oohs and ahs, I bet, Bully. A lot of oohs and ahs. It was a lot of ooh. Like, it's funny because when she watches girl matches, she'll be like, oh, you know, ow, she's so pretty. Like, don't do that. You know, it, when the men fight each other, she's like, yeah, get, oh, wow, good one. Oh, nice. You know, I'm like, mom, relax. Right, we, need a, we need a Ruth uh, watch along for some of these pay-per-views, Bully. Oh, please. That, <laughs> that would be that would be entertaining. And then my father yeah, sitting there, you know, replaced by your thinking, mother. Yeah. It's funny though, too. I've really turned them into fans. Good. It's pretty awesome. Good for you. But, but I mean, other than watching the match, because she thinks other than watching the match, because she thinks drew is easy on the eyes. I mean, she, she actually enjoys their fight, right? Cause it looks credible. Yeah. She got upset because they played that whole video package, which I thought was awesome. But yes, it's amazing. She knows nothing about these two men whatsoever or their history. That video package. She was like, oh, how could he do that? How could Seamus do that to him? You know, and she knows nothing about the history between them. It doesn't matter that it was 20 years and you could know they started here and whatever. She just needed to see that little package. And she was sold on why they were fighting, why there was so much heat and passion behind why they were fighting. And she loved Drew more because she was like, I can't believe his friend did that to him. That's so awful. That's mean. She was upset for him. It took what? That was five minutes. And she was sold. She was into it. Magic of storytelling. I actually, bully. I actually thought for a minute there that they were going to take your uh, suggestion too, being that fast lane was the last pay-per-view at the Thunderdome and they were just going to completely blow up the entire Thunderdome. I, I mean, you know, we're seeing LED screens getting thrown all over the place. I thought they were going to completely wreck that whole arena last night. Where's the kaboom? <laughs> um, you know what my face... Uh-oh, here it comes. Uh-oh. Ed Robinson. Maybe not. Anyway, Where's the kaboom? Um, yeah. There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. That's what I'm talking about, Ma- That's what I'm talking about, Marvin. It never gets old. It never it gets never, old. Never, never. I walk around the grocery store saying, where's the kaboom? Um, <laughs> my favorite part of Drew versus Sheamus last night. Can you guess what my favorite part was, Dave? Oh, boy. Um, I know you dug it, but I can't think of where exactly it would be your favorite part. What was it? I'll give you a hint and then see if you can. <laughs> it happened right after the one, two, three. What were they doing right after the one, two, three? Selling? Aha! Who won the match? Uh, Drew McIntyre. What did he win with? He won with his finish. Was he up on his feet with his hand raised celebrating? No. He was down on the mat selling the fight. Yes, he won, but he's still down selling how much that fight took out of him. 
By the way, great selling of the Claymore kick by Sheamus as well. Jeez Louise, dude. Like, that's how you do it. You're you're pretty much forced to sell it when it shoot cracks you in the jaw. I I mean, like, like, my God. Like, he gave up that Claymore. Like, the Claymore to Brock last year was something. Holy shit. That one last night was something else. And and that's the beauty of this. This. I don't want to, I'm not even going to call it art form. Like pro wrestlers are basically stuntmen. And when you become a great stuntman, you can do, you can take these falls and hits and kicks and you know, you, you never need that net there. Um, if you know exactly what you're doing, uh, you know what? Here's a much better comparison. Araldos Aral- Chapman throwing 105 mile an hour fastballs for strikes. If you could throw 105 mile an hour fastball for a strike, you know how to put it together. Throwing it for a ball doesn't doesn't do you much. But if you're throwing it for a strike, and these guys are throwing, like you saw that Claymore last night. And that Claymore is coming at you, and you know have to you have to know exactly how to place it and exactly how to take it for it to, for it to get the desired effect that you were just describing. Like holy shit, it's there. But Sheamus is still moving today. And that's what you want to happen. I would think that both Sheamus and Drew have got to be feeling that match from last night, though. I mean, there was one point. There was one point where they went through the broadcast table, and we've seen wrestlers go through the broadcast table before. And you know, they sell the back, and you know, like there was like Sheamus was selling his hip. Like, you know, like when you're selling the hip, then you must have got cracked in the hip going through that broadcast table. Like just seeing Seamus back. And I get it. He's he as pale as pale could be. But seeing the, those rips in his back and his shoulder and his legs, I mean, they they those two not only have a chemistry together in the ring, but they basically, I would think at this point, are just like, let's just go out there and just beat the living shit out of one another. And it's unfortunate in one way too, Bully, because Sheamus has been an MVP all year long. But after that match, we're not going to see the triple threat that we thought we might be able to see. And I don't know what this means for Sheamus at WrestleMania, but watching that match, man, I would have loved to have seen that on the grandest stage of all at WrestleMania because that match deserved it. Not only do they have a chemistry, they have an agreement. And it's not even necessarily an agreement that they talked about. They just have an agreement, a a wrestler's agreement. We're going to go out there. We're going to lay our shit in. We're going to do it as safely as possible, but we're not letting up. I won't punch you square in the face. You don't punch me square in the face, but everything else is, 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 is fair game. You go for yours, I'm going to go for mine, I'll sell your stuff, you sell mine, and let's go out there and do some great business. And from the day that Sheamus and Drew touched in the WWE, they've been doing great business together. They really have. And, and man, I don't know if you can do it in three weeks, but there's got to be a story you could give to Sheamus so he has a significant match at WrestleMania. Sheamus, for, for lack of a better term here, Sheamus needs a consolation prize. Sheamus needs to be able to go on to WrestleMania and do something strong. I I hope so. But one hell of a, again, those two matches, that match and the Reigns, Daniel Bryan match was enough to sell me on Fastlane. What did you think? Let's go back out to the busted open nation. Let's go to Billy in Alabama. Billy, what did you think of Fastlane last night? I actually enjoyed it. It's the first uh, wrestling show I've watched in almost two years. Why is that? I just got tired of it. I, I, I got tired of WWE. Uh, AEW wasn't started yet. Um, and I just got other things to do because it, it, it was so predictable and, and so insanely boring. And well, I've been watching since 1975, 76, when superstar Billy Graham was champion. You know, I... I, I I've been a fan my entire life, and it just got to the point. Maybe I just got too old for it. Maybe I outgrew it. I don't know. No, don't say that. Don't say that. Because you want to know something, Billy? First of all, you never outgrow pro wrestling. I'm 49, and I love it as much as I did when I was nine. And the other thing, too, 
Billy, is that this was a, a good week to get back into it with what the, we saw on Dynamite with Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker, with the NWA being back, and now with a Fastlane pay-per-view. That's the last one before WrestleMania 37. I think you found a good time to return to pro wrestling. Uh, I, I hope so, because I really enjoy I, I never I, I didn't know who Bianca Belair was. I've been listening to you guys, even though I don't watch wrestling anymore. I've been listening to you guys all the time. Get that a lot. But, we get that a lot. Thank you for that. But uh, you know, uh, Matt Riddle. Start off with Matt Riddle, and uh, I, this part kind of it, it, it. It's weird to explain, but Mustafa Mustafa Ali, Ali, the Ali team, yep. Amy, yeah. I mean, he he. he you could almost tell what retribution was going to, I didn't know about retribution except for listening to you guys, but just the way they were standing outside the ring, I I'm like, Oh, they're, they're, they're going to leave them. They're, they're, they're going to leave them. They're, they're, they got no interest in this guy and either, either they're going to side with Matt Riddle or they're, they're just going to attack both of them. Well, and, Billy, uh, Billy, but you know they hooked you somehow, some way. Some of it was predictable. Believe me, that first hour of that show was not good. <laughs> the first sixty minutes of of Fastlane last night was not the finest that the WWE could bring. But as Bully always say, it's the way you finish. And I thought they finished very, very strong. Let's go out to G in New York. What's going on, G? What's going on, guys? Good morning. How you doing? Good. What do you want to say about Fastlane from last night? Uh, I'll put it this way. I didn't get to watch it because uh, I go to log into the WWE Network, and I believe they advertised that it was going to be both on the WWE Network as well as Peacock TV. So I go to log into WWE Network, and they go, you need to get a membership to Peacock. You can't watch anything here. So I go to Peacock. That it forced my hand. I wanted to see the Daniel Bryan-Roman Reigns match and uh, get it all booted up, ready to go. And I was just a few minutes late, and it would not let me watch it on Peacock. It says you need to wait for the replay. I don't oh, know. Oh, so you couldn't go. You, oh, so it, wait, this is interesting. So you tried to dive in late in the show to watch Roman and Daniel, and it would not let you in? Not, not even late. I was like five to ten minutes late from the start of the show. Wow! And it wouldn't even wow. Let me start from the beginning. Or this is the first I've heard. All right, Jay. Well, we're sorry that you weren't able to watch the show last night. And and this is interesting what you're bringing up, Jay. And thank you so much for the phone call because it's so weird. Ed couldn't get in. Uh, to the network and told them to go to Peacock. I couldn't get in to the network and told me to go to Peacock. Gabby was able to watch on the network, and so it's weird. I don't know. And then G said, and I thought maybe it was a subscription thing, but G is saying that he wasn't even subscribed to Peacock yet, and the network would, wouldn't let him in. Uh, that's weird. Now, I watched on Peacock, but again, you know, it doesn't let you, you – you can't start from the beginning. You can't pause. It It seemed there's definitely a lot of things that you're not used to, Bully, when it comes to Peacock so far. I wonder if it has to do with your credit card billing cycle. Maybe. maybe. I don't know. Uh, the Peacock thing, I, I don't know about. I mean, that that sucks. Like, if – I mean, he was five minutes late, but this kind of goes back to my – you know, what I said – Maybe they want you in front of that, you know, network the minute it starts. Although you're going to piss a lot of people off if they're five minutes late to the show and then they have to sit around and wait for a replay. Imagine you were five minutes late to WrestleMania and they told you how to wait for the replay. Oh, my God. Yeah. You'd, have anarchy, you'd have anarchy on your hands. You would. It would, be, it would be crazy. What's up, Ed? I was able to get in about five minutes into the top of Fastlane because I had to <laughs> I had to jerry-rig it up pretty quick. Because for me, the network worked for the pre-show, but at the top of the hour... It sent me to a barker telling me that the pay-per-view was unavailable through the network and that I had to go to Peacock. But let me ask you this. Were you already a subscriber to Peacock? Yes. I, I All right. That, well, G wasn't. G wasn't. G, G subscribed or as the pay-per-view had already started. He went, couldn't get into the network, went to Peacock, 
subscribe to Peacock, but then they told them, well, it's too late now. It, uh, this event's already started, so you can't watch this event. You, they better hope that doesn't happen at WrestleMania, Bully, because as you know, a lot of people subscribe just for WrestleMania. So if they go there and, it, you know, I don't care if you're an hour into WrestleMania. If you go and subscribe and they're not going to let you in, like Bully said, there is going to be a lot of pissed off people that won't be able to watch WrestleMania. Absolutely. And, That's the last thing you want to happen. And I say I had to scramble because I have an Amazon Fire Stick. And as it stands now, you can't download and access normally Peacock through Amazon Fire. So I had to get my laptop take an HDMI cable and link the two together so I could send it up to the big screen. And that's how I was able to watch last night. I have no idea what you just said. He's he, he's, he doesn't on his server. He has the fire stick. So Peacock's My point not is, on I'm, the fire stick. I, I'm, I, I so don't understand this stuff. Like if I had to do all that, I would just not watch the show. I, 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 I'm, with I, I'm with Bully. <laughs> I'm like, that's too much. As soon as you're connecting stuff, you have to get a wire. If you need a wire, that's it. I'm out. Yeah. Can't do it. <laughs> Can't do it. Can't do the HDMI to the DMI to the to this and then the background to the flux capacitor. Yeah. Yep. The Furnum, the Durnum, the Fragidu modulator. I can't do it. I'm already I'm already I I get it. I get it. But you know what? I think there's probably a lot of people that do understand what Ed's saying. But man, forget about that. Again, I listen, I had to force I, I knew on Saturday I'm gonna watch this. So on Saturday is when I subscribe to Peacock. You I don't want to take anything for so if you're subscribing to Peacock for WrestleMania, do me a favor. Do it beforehand. Don't wait until the day of WrestleMania to subscribe because I don't want anyone missing out. But bully, you're right. I mean, you don't want to pick when you're when you're making a change from one network to the other, the last thing you want is to block people from watching your product. So they got to make sure that these changes are made before WrestleMania on the 10th. Based on some of the uh, things that we're hearing this morning about Peacock, what are your, do you have high hopes for a smooth transition by WrestleMania time? No. I, I, I don't. Rough, man. That, that is rough. rough. They probably should have done it earlier. What's going on, Kevin? What's up, guys? So first, I'm going to tell you my credibility. My best man at my wedding works in the tech department of NBC Universal, which, as you know, owns Peacock. So this is why it worked for some people or not with the WWE Network. When two weeks or so ago, when WWE Network announced that everything was moving to Peacock, they stopped automatic billing for every single customer because it shut down. So it all depends on what your billing date was. Like, my billing date was March 27th, so I was able for the WWE Network. That's when my subscription went to. So I personally was able to watch it on the WWE Network. If your billing date was, say, uh, on the 17th of the month, so you were last billed on February 17th, your subscription to the WWE Network ended on March 17th, so you were unable to access the content on there. And that is exactly why some people are having issues. So check your billing date or check what date it went it expired on, and that's exactly why. Well, Bully, that's pretty much one of the things that you thought might be the issue was the billing cycle on your on your credit card. And, you know, I know for myself, obviously, it's just automatic debit out of my account, you know, each and every month. So I guess and Kevin, thank you so much for the phone call. I appreciate that. And I think you're 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 right and very accurate in what you're saying. It makes sense. You know, a lot of billing dates are the 17th of the month. So, you know, they're not going to take out for next month because there is not going to be a next month when it comes to the WWE Network. Makes sense what Kevin was saying, Bully. Yeah, I, I the only thing I could logically think of was the billing cycle because there's got to be something unique to everybody. And some people got it. Some people didn't. What's unique? The, the billing cycle. So that's, yeah, that's the only thing that makes logical sense. So. Uh, hopefully this, the transition is smooth. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm going to go check my network uh, subscription today and just double check if there's anything on there that I haven't seen yet that I'd like to take a look at. Yeah, because from what I hear, eventually what you see on the network will be on Peacock, but it's going to be a long transition. You're talking you know, sometime in August where a lot of what you're seeing on the network now will be available on Peacock. So if, you, if there's something that you definitely is on your wish list, you better watch it now for the next couple of weeks because it's going to be gone. Uh, perception versus reality. Um, perception. 
um, this move to Peacock is a good thing. Reality, I think it sucks. I don't want to go to Peacock to watch WWE content. I, I liked the WWE network. I liked the way it was laid out. I liked the feel. I like one-stop shopping for the network in-house under the WWE. And I'm not liking all of these little things that I'm hearing so far about Peacock. I'm not so sure, and this is just opinion, I'm not so sure that Peacock is going to treat pro wrestling and the WWE network the same way the WWE would have treated it. It's 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 an interesting take, Bully, and I understand where you're coming from. I will say this. When I went to Peacock yesterday, and I, I watched the pre-show, so this wasn't at 7 o'clock. This was at 6 o'clock. I went to Peacock right on the homepage in bold, was Fastlane. Like, because one of my worries was, all right, now I got to go find this fucking thing. You know, do I have to go search WWE? Like, it was right there on the homepage. Well, it, so, it, because it was the big show on that night. I'm sure if, uh, I'm sure if, um, you know, if uh, Peacock also had, uh, I don't know, pick a show here that that show's name would be in bold letters on the night it was airing also. I don't think it was special for the WWE. I think if Peacock had Monday Night Football, you'd turn on Monday Night and say Monday Night Football. It's a good point. And 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 I can't argue with that. And you're right. If I want to watch world-class championship wrestling, you know, on a random day, first of all, when is that even going to be on Peacock, if ever? And the other thing is, you're right. It's, you like, they, listen, Vince McMahon and the WWE were ahead of the curve with this whole streaming thing. You know, so it, it felt like they conquered a world early on before even the NFL had like their streaming service and everything else. I was like, wow, this is this is really a big accomplishment. And now it's gone. Like I kind of, you know, the WWE Network is something that I watch almost on a daily basis, Bully. It, it's part of my viewing habit. And now it's gone. And now it's part of a bigger service. Now, it's a, it is a big win for the WWE. It's a... It's a billion-dollar deal, but I. But at the same time, it it is a bit of a loss for the WWE. And I'm not just talking about the fans, but I'm talking about the WWE as well. I'm sure they thought that this was going to be a much bigger uh, success than what it ultimately was. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more eyes on the product with having the WWE Network on Peacock. I'm just hoping that Peacock treats the network the way we have known the network to treat us. The network was very unique. I don't want the network to be lumped into every other thing that falls under the Peacock umbrella. I don't want to have problems with my WWE network because it's on Peacock. I want to be able to log in and bang, easily be watching whatever I want to watch instantaneously. I don't want to hear Peacock telling me, well, because we're having trouble with this show, uh, the network is going to suffer also. I'm making shit up right now. I I don't know if that's going to happen, but I do know while the network was in-house, I was happy with it. Also, bully, like you said, there's going there with anything like this. There's going to be growing pains. Now's not the time to have growing pains. You want to have grow, you, you know, you want to have growing Whoa. pains in September, October, November. Guess what? We'll be patient. You don't want growing pains three weeks before WrestleMania 37. At all, you want this as smooth as seamless as possible. And from the couple of things I'm hearing so far, I'm not sure if that's. Uh, if that's an attainable goal, but hopefully it is. Hey everyone, this is Lisa Ann, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences, past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on Sirius XM. Each week, I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app and Apple Podcasts. Real quick, Sasha and Bianca, what did you think of the tag match last night? What did you think of the aftermath? I didn't like it. I, I did not like it. We just talked about it before on for, on uh, on Thursday, Bully, about the formulaic WWE. That was extremely formulaic. And the fact that... Nobody got over in that match at all. Do you think any differently of Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler after getting that win last night? 
um, I actually found myself saying to myself again about Shayna, like, ugh, this poor girl. They've yep. done nothing with her. Every time I see her, she takes a step backwards. Uh, I, the, the Bianca um, interaction with Sasha, like, afterwards, like, the, the slap in the face, and I thought Bianca oversold it so much, and then the gratuitous pointing of rest at the WrestleMania sign, and I, I just wasn't into it. I believe with, those two women are so talented with their wit and the way they are on the mic, and they're just, they have so much spunk to them. I would have liked to have seen much more of a back and forth than you're the rookie. Yeah, it just I, fell flat. It, it, it was, I mean, it was very 101 to me what they did last night. Um, flat is a good word. Bianca, like, not having a come. Bianca's got to come back for everything. You know, obviously they're trying to, you, you know, use Sasha in a way to breathe down Bianca's neck, calling her the rookie, smacking her, and just basically having her way with her. Yeah, I mean... Uh- well, and then I Bianca would, does nothing back, but she points at the WrestleMania yeah, sign. Points at the WrestleMania sign. Yeah, we we know you're going to WrestleMania. You pointed at that WrestleMania sign after you won the Royal Rumble. Uh, we we already know we already know this. And Bianca and Sasha are so fucking good, bully. There's a thousand different ways you could have got to this matchup. Uh, I mean, a matchup that's already been booked since the Rumble anyway. Like, there were so many ways to get to this. You didn't need this wonky tag team going after the tag team titles. It, it, it was ridiculous. And the, the worst scene of all, and I, I hate the way the WWE does this with their women's division all the time with the whole cattiness angle. Do I really need to see before a championship match Shayna and Nia arguing in one corner and Sasha and Bianca arguing in the other corner? I mean, come on. Enough with that catty bullshit that the wwe throws at you these are these are competitors i mean i i don't need to see that bullshit i thought it was awful i really did and then you know in the body of the match when sasha started to say to bianca you're the rookie and then all of a sudden sasha gets rolled up and pinned i would have liked to have seen Bianca just come in and just stare at her and go, and I'm the rookie? You just got beat from a roll-up, and I'm the rookie? Yeah. And then she should have been like, listen, veteran, you better recognize it in three weeks at WrestleMania, blah, 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 and then have Sasha come back over the top. Uh, Yeah, I'm with you, man. Didn't like it. No, and, you know, again, does it matter? Like you say a lot of times, you know what? It's It's just filler till you get there. And you're not going to be thinking of the story. When when we see Bianca Belair in the ring with Sasha Banks at WrestleMania 37, we're not going to be thinking about the story that got you there. All they're going to be talking about, at least I hope, is the fact that Bianca Belair won the Royal Rumble and is facing your SmackDown Women's Champion. I hope they don't even go back and, and show any footage of anything that we saw last night. And again, this Reginald character being in the middle of... Uh, Sasha and Shayna and Nia, un- completely unnecessary. And Nia and Shayna should be badasses for crying out loud. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.